Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. We do a lot of interviews with EDM artists, pop artists, rappers, and people in the industry, letting you know what they do behind the scenes. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter through the handle Sidewalk Talk Show. Hope you guys enjoy. This is Lauren Engel. I'm here with Mafia. <laughs> so I first saw you kind of perform when you did the boiler room, but, but oh, like online. And I was like yes. getting goosebumps the whole time. No way. And then afterwards, I saw you in MoMA in New York, like live. You've been there the yeah. whole time. Shit. Yeah, being I've listened to your music like from early on when you had like straight hair. Oh my gosh. <laughs> boiler room was my first show ever. Yeah. That's, that's so crazy. And then I had straight hair because everyone kept comparing me to Lord with curly hair. Oh, and I was like, hey, don't so want to be music. that. Yeah. So I just kept straightening my hair. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. How long ago was that? Um, I think that was when I was still, like, that was four years ago. 2014. Yeah, that's four years ago. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> so you're born in the Netherlands, right? Yes, I am. But your parents, where were they born? Um, my mom is Syrian and my yeah. dad is Iraqi. Yeah, and it was for, was it their work, their restaurant business that they moved out there, or was it for like... Well, they left the Middle East just because they felt like the Middle East wasn't where they wanted to raise their kids. Yeah. So they moved to the Netherlands, and yeah, my dad, actually before my mom, my mom, before my mom and dad got married, they, um, they were engaged for like five years, and my dad like moved to the Netherlands in this time and they did long distance engagement. Yeah. And essentially like he just like went, bought a restaurant, worked it, built it all up from the ground up. And then once he felt like he was secure mm -hmm. financially, that's when he brought my mum over and like Oh Yeah. Yeah. What so, kind of restaurant was it? Um, I think it was like Middle Eastern. My dad is kind of like a hustler, he'll do what he needs to. Always like Mediterranean kind of food, mm. lots of like Greek stuff as well, even though he's not Greek. <laughs> <laughs> but he enjoys making it. Just kind of everything in that vein, in yeah. that region. And how many years did he actually spend there? In the Netherlands? Yeah. Um, I, I was born there and then we lived there for maybe like a year. And then my parents just decided to go through all of Europe and sort of see what worked best for them. Mm. Then we went back when I was... No, maybe like... I was four or something like that. And then back again when I was in the fifth, fourth grade. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it was just really sporadic. It was never been, I'd never stayed in anywhere as long, like in one place for very long. Yeah. Until like my parents moved to Brisbane, which is when coincidentally I, I ended high school. And so my parents were like, okay, no more moving. Yeah. Which kind of sucked. Because <laughs> high school sucked. But uh, yeah. And were you joining choirs around that time? Was that in Europe or was that already in... No, Australia? yeah, it was in Europe. Oh, yeah, wow. It was um, this, like, woman sort of, like, found me and was like, you should join a good church choir. And I'm not Christian, but I was just like, this is a chance to sing, so yes. And, um, yeah, I, I sort of did that. But I was never, like, there long enough, you know, to, like, mm -hmm. even, when we, we, even when we lived in the Netherlands, we would jump from city to city to city. Yeah. It's just like not, not enough consistency in my life. <laughs> but then that same person brought you to like the national like television, right? Oh my gosh. 
Yeah, that's a dark past of mine. <laughs> but yeah, I actually threw a tantrum on stage. Because oh, wow. I didn't win. Oh. And my mum <laughs> showed it to my uncle. And my uncle made fun of me for years after that. What? Yeah. <laughs> but here you are, so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you think you got your creative side from? Um, I don't think anyone from my mum's side are creative. I think they're all like academics. But my dad, he's super into poetry. Oh, and wow. there's like a running joke in the family. Either you go into poetry or politics in his family. Oh. So, um, yeah, I think, like, my dad always tells me, I remind him of, like, his great aunt because she was, like, a very powerful speaker and mm. loved poetry. And So did her mom help him in the restaurant or did she do her own, she did her own thing? Well, she has, like, she always, she has, like, a degree in, um... French and English literature, mm -hmm. but then when she got married, she just loved to read, and yeah. and uh, yeah, so that's, that's what she loved doing. But obviously, you can't make a career out of reading <laughs> unless mm -hmm. you want to teach, and that's not something she wanted to do because I came pretty quickly, and so um, yeah, and she started helping him with the restaurant business with me, everything. She's just always been present for us growing mm -hmm. up, and I really appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. How would you describe yourself back then growing up? Or like high school years? Oh, invisible. Yeah? Yeah, no one like paid any attention to me. Uh, which is kind of how I liked it. So I didn't have any issue with that. I didn't like enjoy high school that much. I got picked on a bit. Um, but what kid didn't get picked on, especially mm -hmm. like post like in a post 9-11 world. Oh, yeah. true, yeah. Um, kids are mean, mm -hmm. but it's, Okay, uh, my sisters thankfully don't have to go through it, you know, like I feel oh, like the generation yeah. that, that I had to deal with were like much harsher because I would take like hummus wraps and falafel to school and, and these kids would be like, what are you eating? That's so weird. But now if my sisters take like hummus wraps to school, they're just like the cool kids that day. And I'm just oh, like, that's not fair. Wow. <laughs> like I paved yeah, the way for that. <laughs> But then also like two popular kids in your school saw you like singing, yes! right? Yes! <laughs> you were outing me. Uh, yeah, they were like these two like, I guess the equivalent would be like jocks. Mm -hmm. um, and they found me in the stairwell and they told my teacher about me. And I was exposed. And then I had exposed. to sing the national anthem at school. The Australian national anthem. Oh my god. <sighs> Every time I went to sing it on stage, the mic would turn off. And I was convinced that someone was trying to sabotage me. Oh my gosh. And this happened every time because it was a wireless mic. And so oh. they just wouldn't put fresh batteries in there for me. And it was humiliating. Like, yeah. yeah. It was bad, but <laughs> made it through okay, I hope. But were you good at school? Um, I don't know. It was like, it kept me busy. Yeah. You know, like, I just, I like reading. I like learning. I like studying. I think my grades are good, mm -hmm. but I just did what I needed to. Like, yeah. you know, it was. I didn't go to school for friends. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I went to school to study. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. What kind of music were your parents playing around the house when you were growing up? Um, lots of Middle Eastern stuff, like lots of Middle Eastern like pop. Lots of, but then also like classical singers, like this artist called called Fedouz. And then, um, but then also like whatever I was into at the time, mm. uh, like Spice Girls, Backstreet Boys. Oh. But then. Um, but did you find that through your friends? 
I think just like MTV. Oh and yeah. And just like television, because I'd never had friends that were consistent enough mm-hmm. to like recommend me music. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just like through pop culture. But yeah. then my mum was really obsessed with like Neo, Mario, like all the Ar- mm-hmm. Usher, like all the R&B. Oh wow, so that's where you got this side from. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, yeah, she can get credit for that. <laughs> and then you went on to study like biomedicine, right? Mm-hmm. Was yeah. college something that you wanted to do or did your parents kind of want you to get a degree? No, I wanted to do that. Oh yeah. Yeah, Ooh, that's a fence. <laughs> um, no, I definitely wanted to do that. I think like my, oh, going real deep here. My dad was affected by cancer mm. in my last year of high school. Yeah. And I'd, I'd there'd always been like some sort of like familiar pressure to get into medicine. But then after seeing him go through what he did, mm-hmm. I was convinced that I had to do it. Like, but then in my like first year, I realized that I'm not good with blood. Oh. And so that's when I kind of decided maybe like research would be what I mm-hmm. would do or yeah I just I can't imagine like treating people yeah I would want there to be a barrier between mm-hmm. me and someone yeah. so I was just wanted to research because then I could do all the reading that I wanted to do and all the studying that I wanted to, you know what I mean like if you're researching and like playing around in labs that's that's what I wanted to yeah. do I think at the end did you ever consider some studying something creative or music? No, I didn't. I think like, cause I like you can learn that or you can just do it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like learning it would have shaved off years of my life that I could have spent doing it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just not to take away from anyone that has or does or wants to. I think everyone's path is different, but I don't don't think that. I, I necessarily want to learn music. Like even now, I'm ignorant. I don't really know notes or anything like that. And I'll be the first to admit it. But I know how it makes me feel. Mm-hmm. And I'd rather just use that gut instinct for as long as I can until I feel like I've hit a wall and then I get to learn. And you know, like mm-hmm. later in my life, Yeah. as opposed to doing it all now and then that informing the way I make music, mm-hmm. I just, yeah, I want to hold off. When you were still in college, were you already like doing songwriting, like trying to make songs? Yeah. Yeah. Well, at first it all started with covers. I like used to sing my dad's cafe, and um, with all the money that I made from singing in cafes and weddings, I bought myself a PA system. And then the one that I bought, like you can put a USB in there and record mm-hmm. the covers and the, the covers that I was doing, and so then the, every night I'd come back from those shows, I'd go online and I'd like post them, and then people would be like, oh, do this one next. And that's how I found a lot of music, actually. People being like, you should sing this song, I think you'd be good at it. And so I would then, the next week, I'd learn that song, I'd put it up online, and that's just how I did it. Yeah. For a long time. Were and you I'd, getting some fun base from that? Yeah, it was on Tumblr. Oh. Which I really liked because I could keep my identity a secret like I could keep my face a secret and everything because a lot of like kids at that time were doing stuff on YouTube Mm. and I didn't know if like YouTube was for me just because it was so personality and face based Mm -hmm. does that make sense but like with Tumblr I could just put an audio post nothing else Mm -hmm. and just a little description and that was fine and I really just enjoyed that 
sort of anonymity that went with Tumblr. Yeah, but it didn't really click to you that you wanted to do it for like your life, right? Or... No. I just like, it felt like the most daunting thing I could do was go up to my parents and tell them that I wanted to do music. Yeah. Like, especially while I was like in a pre-med degree and like I thought that I'd had my life figured out and I was going to do this thing, this research thing and it was going to like make me feel good about what my dad went through mm. and all this stuff. Yeah. And then having not go, then not going there, I thought that it would like destroy them and I didn't want to hurt them. Um, but I think my parents saw how invested I was, like, yeah, they were there for it all and my dad always supported me and drove me out to my gigs and and my mum was always a bit hesitant and mm -hmm. I think I came to understand why they were hesitant, I guess, at first, or particularly my mum. Mm -hmm. And it's just that every parent wants to make sure that after their child is gone, they... Um, they can put food on the table. Yeah. And historically, musicians and stuff, there's a stereotype that they can't make money. and You know, that it's a difficult life. And I think my mum just didn't want that for me. My mum wanted security. And that's that's what any parent, Asian or non-Asian, mm. sees when, they, when they're, like, telling their child, go into law or be yeah. a doctor. They just want security. That's, yeah. That's all it is. And so um, I think I just had to work extra hard to prove to my mum that, like, I could gain that level of security, I guess. But, I don't know, even if you become a doctor, like, what you do may become obsolete in a couple of years. So there's no security in anything, really. Yeah. So you may as well just, like, do what you love. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I spoke to my dad, and I told him that I was going to do music, and he was so encouraging and um, took me... Right? <laughs> uh, just was like help me map out how to break oh, the news wow. to my mom oh and um help me like was like every year was like you know you have to stay on top of it and there was a after i finished my degree i was i was really depressed i think i can't really remember about 15 months of my life in that period because i did get so depressed and i couldn't leave my bed mm -hmm. and um but my dad was there for it all oh. and just was like, come on, let's go to the studio, like, wow. let's go do this or let's go do gigs. And the only, he noticed the only thing that was getting me out of bed was music. Mm. And I just like saw all my friends and my degree go and move to other places and do stuff. And I was realizing that I wasn't going to do what they're doing anymore it was um, difficult. And yeah, my dad... My dad helped me through wow, that. Wow, that's really amazing. Yeah. Yeah. As for my mom, uh, she she really began to understand it when, like, my song was on the end of this TV show, this big TV show in Australia, and um, yeah, it was like the series finale, and my song was on the end and then she went to drive my sisters to school the next morning mm -hmm. and all these mums in the parking lot were talking about the song and how mm -hmm. she must be so proud oh. and she didn't watch the TV show but she was like of course I'm proud yeah. and then um, she came home and she's like why didn't you tell me about this I'm like oh I didn't know she's like tell me about how all this happened and I told her and she um, I told her how much I made from that as well and she's yeah. like oh that, that's really amazing <laughs> yeah. that you can actually make money from this and then the next month it was a movie and then so on and so so forth. And yeah, I mean also the fact that I've never like 
thankfully had to ask her for money since mm. being in music, you know, or my parents for money. Not that they're ever really in a financial place to give me that if I needed it, but just to know that I've never really had that conversation with them. Yeah. Um, I think puts them at ease. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After you graduated, were you still living with them, or were you, were you able to, like, move out and find your own place? No, because I think, like, well, after I graduated, I was depressed, so mm. I didn't, that wasn't really, so I, I think living out of home would have destroyed me, mm. um, but I, I, I still haven't even moved out of home, mm. I, because I've taught or I'm away from home eight months of the year. Yeah. I don't want to put that towards rent. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. live at home. My parents are so accommodating. Plus, Brisbane is such a great place to reset. Like, even if I didn't live at home, I would get a place in Brisbane. But even then, what's the point? Yeah. You know, like, I mean, they're barely. They, yeah. They are my reason to reset. Mm-hmm. And they are good. How many years after you graduated that you met Taku? Um. Maybe two? Yeah. I met him in 2014. Or 13? I don't know. I put out a cover of Let Me Love You that week by Mario. Mm -hmm. And um, I met him on some basketball courts and he said we should should link link up. Or the friend that we were with, like the mutual friend that knew him, said that we should... uh, link up and I didn't take it seriously because I was like this guy's Taku I don't have any <laughs> and you've been following him there. for years or yeah, yeah yeah of course like who doesn't know him like 50 days of Dilla all of that stuff like he's a legend and yeah I didn't really think anything of yeah. it yeah where was your career at that point were you still just putting on Tumblr or did you um, go to like other platforms by then already SoundCloud right SoundCloud SoundCloud is where I kind of went to after that, I just, I had just released a cover, yeah, like I said, Mario's Let Me Love You, and um, it was doing well on the internet, and that's kind of how I ended up, like, by, at the, ended up with my management, ended up with my label, and everything, but, yeah, he, um, he said that we should link, and I didn't take it seriously, and then I went online that day, and he'd messaged me on Twitter, on yeah, on all the platforms, yeah, <laughs> being like, let's work! And then straight away sent me his number, and we've been texting ever since. Did you realize from the onset that you'd have such a close collaboration between you two? No. Yeah. I thought I thought it was so weird that he had any sort of affinity towards me. I couldn't figure out why, and it wasn't until like years after I said to him, "Why do you like? Why me? You have literally access to anyone on the internet." Why would you want to work with me? Mm-hmm. And then he said, you reminded me of my sister. Oh. And that, like, totally explains, like, why our bond is so, like, family-centric, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's such a beautiful reason to mm-hmm. want to work with someone. And yeah. I mean, ever since then, he has he's been my big brother, and he's always looked out for me. And even when we toured for a while, he's just always been present and... Um, accommodating. Did you see like how quickly your career changed when that happened? Of course. Yeah. He's a big part of why I can be here talking to you today. Like he produced my first like solo song, Heartburn and like him having his name attached and then just producing the song the way he did was like such an honour in itself but also just like 
made my music reach more people. Mm. And he was, like, he truly was at that point, like, a fan that just wanted to help me. And I'll never forget that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Was it actually difficult going from, like, just doing covers to being in sessions and, like, songwriting? No, it felt pretty normal. Like, I was writing by myself for a while. I wrote my first EP pretty much by myself, except for two songs. And then um, the first person I ever co-wrote with was actually Vancouver Sleep Clinic, who I released a song with called Fading Through. Mm -hmm. And that was like, that was different, because even though he lived a block away from me, we did it over the internet. Oh my gosh. Because <laughs> I don't leave my house for no one. <laughs> and, then, and then same with Heartburn. Same, I, I'd met this guy called Ben, and he, he, I told him about the situation that I had gone through, and then a couple of days later, that he sends me this voice memo of him in the mm -hmm. car being like, I have this idea, this melody, and starts humming it. And I was like, oh, what about this, and what about that? And so we kind of wrote it over voice um, iMessage and voice memos. <laughs> but yeah, it wasn't until like I wrote a song Actually, I hadn't ridden in the room with anyone until I came to LA. Oh, wow. I'm realizing now. Was that easy for you? Um, the people I was with were so nice. Mm -hmm. So, And we actually ended up writing a song on my new EP called Breathe. Mm -hmm. This guy called Blaze and this guy called Brenton. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was... Um, it was just fun. Like, yeah. it just was no pressure. Yeah. And, yeah, I'm just realizing and putting that all together now. <laughs> At what point did you realize that you wanted to make the music more and more personal about, like, Syrian refugees and have more, like, themes in your music? Um, I guess there wasn't, like, an on switch for that. Mm -hmm. It just, like, when it happened, it happened pretty regular, uh, naturally, sorry. Mm -hmm. And then, um... It happened, like I wrote the song, like for Bodies, for example, with with the co-writer that I wrote Heartburn with. Like at that point I'd known him three, three-ish years, just over mm -hmm. three years. So it made sense, like he already know, knew what I was going through at home and he knew my family and, you know, we'd spoken about the Syrian refugee crisis at length mm -hmm. prior to that. So it just made sense that the person that I would write that song with is the person that kind of been privy to that information for the longest yeah. um yeah I don't think I could have written that song with anyone else you mm -hmm. know like it was just the right place right time and right person is that kind of like a goal of yours to have more of those sort of themes in your music and share that I guess I'm not like I don't go into a session going today I'm gonna write this song mm -hmm. or today I'm gonna do this like I always just approach every day with like how I'm feeling or like what's affected me th mm -hmm. that day and I guess yeah it's not something that I'm going out of my way to really mm -hmm. do it's just yeah. like it either happens that day when I'm writing it or not otherwise I don't know how to sit there and mull over it and create a s song before it exists what was your reaction when you heard Pharrell play your music? <laughs> that was literally the day of the MoMA PS1 show. Oh, what was it? Like, yeah, it was like a couple of moments before I went so on stage. So that day was just a crazy day for yes. you. Like, everything came together. My, like, my first time in New York. My first, like, time playing Harper. No, I think I played it at... I don't know if I played it at, at the Boiler Room set. 
maybe. I don't remember. I think, yeah, Am just I? the, oh, maybe just the MoMA from what I remember. Yeah. Yeah. And that was insane because I remember being first, like, well, the whole Pharrell thing was insane. That was very, like, Pharrell's a huge inspiration and inspired me so much. And so to have um, him play that was, yeah, incredible. But then to like go on stage like moments after I met my manager for the first time that day. We'd been working online for an a-, a year, and um, we only met that day in person because he's from New York. Yeah. Um, and that was really awesome. I remember, I remember him putting in my mon- in ear monitors in my in the back of my uh, pants or skirt or whatever I was wearing that day, mm-hmm. and him doing it like. This special way that he's taught me ever since yeah but then like checking my phone and be like girl just play my song on this <laughs> no, oh my god and he, we lost our lost our minds for a minute and then yeah. I had literally had to run on stage and then I be, remember being so like so happy but then that happiness from the Pharrell thing was quickly replaced by happiness to see people in the front row singing Heartburn. Yeah, like, I was like, I remember. I was like, how How do you know this song? It's been out for two minutes. Like, oh, two days yeah. at this point. What, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> and I, yeah, I'd never experienced anything like that yeah. because I'd only ever done really covers up until that point. Mm-hmm. And so to hear people sing my lyrics back to me, <laughs> it's still, it still blows me away. Yeah. Especially when something has just been released. And then for like your album, what was the decision to like record in such an isolate place? It's just, I was given the opportunity to work in that studio. Um, it's a studio owned by Gautier. It's so inspiring to be in. And um, yeah, I had, I just, the opportunity came up. So I took it. It wasn't like something that I planned out or anything like that again. It was just like, I was so lucky to have known the right people at the right time and so giving to allow me the opportunity to write yeah. in that space where so many great songs <laughs> had been written before. Yeah. <laughs> How would you say your music has changed since the early songs you made? Um, I think I'm definitely more open to collaboration mm-hmm. in the way that I approach music is different. I, I write in first person now, which oh. I never did in before. Heartburn was the first song I ever wrote in first person. Why is that? I think I always wanted to distance myself from hmm. how I felt. I was kind of like, and I liked metaphors and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 It wasn't like, I didn't, I, I, yeah, I just wanted to distance myself from I thought I didn't feel, feel like my feelings were legitimate. So if I gave them to a hmm. fictional character in a song, and maybe they'd be legitimate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I like that I've grown into that though. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of hear that in my music as well. Yeah. So, and I think I list, used to listen to a lot of folk music. Oh. A lot of songwriters. And it was always metaphor driven. And, and um, like Bonnie Vare and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. Yeah. I, I think I grew out of it. Mm-hmm. How do you say you've grown as a person since when you started? Um, I think I think I've like learnt that I don't know all the answers, and that like there are people on my team that are around there for a reason because mm-hmm. they can 
teach me things that I didn't know I needed to know and um, trusting them but also learning to not show my music to just whoever especially when it's not mm. finished okay just, yeah um, just yeah and taking advice carefully like you don't just take advice from anyone mm -hmm. you just you got to make sure words have power and so you got to make sure you know who you're taking that power mm. from. what does success look like to you oh success looks like me bringing my mama with me on the road mm -hmm. yeah what does love mean to you? Um, unquestionable, like, I don't know. I'm still figuring that out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Last question. What do you want to be remembered for? remembered for how I made people feel. Not mm -hmm. for what I said, but how I made people feel in the moment. Yeah, I love it. It's yeah. amazing. Thank you so much. No, thank this you. is awesome. <laughs> thank you for the chat. <laughs>